All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, mash that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and of course, upvote the video itself. We are here with John Garcia. Ole Miss is starting to pick up steam in recruiting. It really kicks off this weekend. What are you hearing, John? Well, yeah, on Friday, as we record this, a couple big-time recruits already on campus ahead of, of the big uh, unofficial visitor weekend. Uh, Patrick Broomfield, kind of an emerging cornerback recruit, six foot two out of Clarksdale. I mean, this is a – you talk about a, a neck-breaking, head-turning type of guy. Six two, 170 pounds, uh, and, and literally every day picking up more scholarship offers as folks look at this tape. Everybody needs long – uh, athletic defensive backs uh, and, and there happens to be one right there within state lines in the 24 class so he'll be fascinating uh, to track uh, visiting Ole Miss Friday I believe Mississippi State this weekend as well um, and then hey never too early to look at 2025 especially when you talk about a guy who kind of reminds me of Cam Akers a, a little bit uh, Acklin Deer I believe is, is how you pronounce him um, you talk about an emerger this kid is getting multiple offers every day uh, before we recorded. I think Florida State, Penn State just jumped in. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, everybody is, is jumping in on, on this kid um, out of Quitman, uh, Quitman High School uh, in Mississippi, of course. Uh, big, physical, productive, uh, over 3,000 yards already to his name as, as a sophomore uh, at the high school level. So a very quick emerger uh, who's, who's got a lot of juice to his game. So uh, we talk about a lot of big battles in this state uh, along the defensive line and at wide receiver more recently. But, you know, running back always kind of draws and moves the needle there as well. So never too early to look at Deer uh, as one of those potential prospects. So he's uh, in Oxford today as well. So, yeah, it's it's March. The dead period is over and, and prospects are, are flocking over to a lot of these big time SEC programs. Well, the question's going to come out of this is like, who is going to be the first one of this Mississippi class to actually commit? I mean, there's so many players, you hear players that Ole Miss is in good shape on, but who is going to be the first one you think to pull the trigger? I would have said a couple of weeks ago, Isaiah Autry. I think the offensive tackle, just massive, lengthy pass protector. Uh, Ole Miss has done such a great job here. Uh, even through the transition of, of offensive line coaches, um, it looked like Ole Miss's race to lose. But just in this early spring window, so many more schools have jumped in with offers, Alabama, LSU. So I think he's going to at least do a little bit more due diligence before uh, coming home and, and making uh, that final decision. So, yeah, I, I think now it's it's sort of wide open. Um, there's emergers. Um, Aaron Travis is, is, is a lineman that is rising up the ranks as well. This looks like an old-fashioned Egg Bowl battle, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, I'm told gaining confidence uh, in, in that recruitment. He's a kid out of Granada, uh, Mississippi, so he's one to watch. Uh, these receivers are starting to come off the board. Of course, J.J. Harrell picked Tennessee. What about the other guys? Noreal White has teased a commitment multiple times here. Could he be closer towards uh, pulling the trigger, or, or is the threat of LSU really going to contend with Ole Miss uh, here into the spring and, and maybe even the, the summer months. He's one I'd, I'd have my eyes on uh, there as well because we know at the top those guys are, are taking it easy. Camarion Franklin, those type of prospects, they're going to take their time uh, throughout this this process. So I'd look elsewhere for the first in-state commitment for Ole Miss, but it doesn't mean it's too far away either. 
Do you think that Mississippi has a chance to have 20 players that are rated four-star by one side or another? Every day, every time we come on the show, there's there's an emerger. We're like, hey, this guy's coming out of nowhere and he's blowing up within the SEC. So, yeah, of course, right? Because now everyone talks about, oh, well, the industry is behind because sometimes the stars don't get thrown on there until the schools offer. But you got to treat everything as its own data point, right? So if if other schools are moving in as an outlet, as an evaluator, uh, objectively, don't you have to take a closer look or, or dig into, hey, why, why is this kid so darn red hot? Am I missing something, right? So you start to make calls and put everything together. And yeah, it looks like the state is quite literally by the week looking stronger and stronger. And, and it's only March. That's the scary part, Stephen. Yeah, it's only March. We haven't even gotten to the spring evaluation period to where college coaches hit the road at high schools to get eyeballs and updated evaluations on these recruits. That's normally the time where we see these these quick rises and emerging recruit scenarios. We're still a couple months away from that, and we're already talking about between a dozen or 20 you know, blue chip type recruits. So it's really fascinating to see in this state that it's just one of those things, you know, it's not the well-traveled overlapping Metro area that Atlanta or Orlando or Miami or Charlotte has become. So the propensity to have late risers, at least in how we view it is much higher in a state like Mississippi, because we know it's not a, it's not a matter of, of a lack of talent in any cycle, but this one is starting to look special in particular. Yeah, you look down on like number 13 or 14th in the state is Chris Davis from Picayune. He goes over to the Under Armour Next Camp and just completely shows out, has a top 10 performance. That's that's going to change, right? Obviously, he was sitting behind a, a big-time bell cow and Dante Dowdle. And, and look, uh, limited exposure. Had to do kind of some varying roles within that offense because Dowdle was, was such a bell cow back. So, yeah, as a senior, I think if you're talking about the guy who has a chance to move up the most – it might be Chris himself just because of the circumstances, not because of anything that he's putting out there. Cause like you said, when folks are seeing him, they're like, wait, why, why is he only ranked here? Well, what's the story in, in this direction? So yeah, I, I think the state is, is already representing itself above expectation at these camps and combine circuits. And, and we're only, again, we're, we're early in the calendar for the off season, you know, underwear Olympics. So Mississippians normally dominate in that regard just as much as they do uh, when it counts most on Friday night. So expect that base number of blue chip bubble guys to, to really bubble up towards uh, well past a dozen and closer to 20 as, as you're talking about, which is just amazing to consider uh, when a week ago or two weeks ago, we were talking about much smaller numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And we knew it would happen though, when the combine started happening, yeah. Uh, because it just does that every year. So with the dead period being over, with the recruits starting to matriculate their way onto the campuses, it's about to take off now, right? The 2024 class is about to go, right? Oh, 100%, right? I think this is true for just about every school out there. But, yeah, Ole Miss is certainly, uh, you know, the, the the coaching staff is settled. You know, there was some obviously some changes and some transitions here. So that is now settled or resettled in some cases, like, uh, like with Kevin Smith. So, yeah, I think it becomes a more um, narrow approach, a more focused approach uh, by these coaches. And naturally, kids are going to be coming by. They want to see this offense. They want to see what the team looks like in spring ball leading up to, to the spring game itself. And then right after that, we got two big official visit windows, right? The, the late spring officials and, of course, the summer officials, which have always become 
uh, commitment zone, kind of 1A in the offseason. So, yeah, between now and, and July, so over the next four months, um, the Ole Miss commitment list and many commitment lists are, are going to surge into the double-digit range uh, right, right ahead of, of that 2023 season. So it is a fun time to cover recruiting because it's going to be – half guys that we know and have been tracking and half guys that we have to Google and dig into a little bit more on the front end. But um, Ole Miss is obviously well positioned to, to overlap with a lot of those type of uh, emerging recruits and, and take advantage with some verbal commitments, especially given how strong the state is. Yeah, um, and thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. You get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, John Garcia, for coming on our show. We're going to keep doing it. I enjoy talking recruiting with you, and now that it's kicking off, we're, we're really going to hit it pretty hard, I think. Absolutely, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. All right. Take care, bud.